How do I give value in a way that makes someone feel good about themselves? If you're someone who doesn't have money and riches and, and access to VIP some things, you're like, I don't have anything to offer. Yes, you do. You have your attention, you have your intelligence, and most importantly, you have... Welcome to the Natural Lifestyles Podcast with your hosts, James Marshall and Liam McRae, where we will be diving deep into the issues of modern masculinity, seduction, dating, lifestyle design, sexuality, psychedelics, you name it. This is the Natural Lifestyles Podcast. So I am, as I hope you know, dating coach Hayley Quinn, and I'm joined today by one of my other fellow, sort of like somewhat colleagues, somewhat someone I admire within the whole dating and men's lifestyle industry. It's the fantastic James Marshall founder of the natural lifestyles who i've had a lot of pleasure with working with over the years thank Yo. you so much for being interviewed today hi everybody i'm james marshall reporting from portugal good to be here and it, this is kind of like the last of the dating coaches you know when you like <laughs> this corona thing is clearing a lot of fat out of a lot of industries including the dating coaches it's like who will be the last dating coaches standing at the end of this yeah, and I think like I like how that we both had the same idea here, where you've got to camp to a uh, farm in Portugal, and I've gone to one in France. You know, That's so right. we could be amongst. There's clearly some commonalities there. We could be amongst goats, chill out, and think about stuff. Yes, I um, was prepping enough, for this for a long time. I've been I've been paranoidly thinking about this or other eventualities. So that was part of the reason why I bought a nice country house. Yeah. And what was funny, you took, brought up the whole COVID nineteen elephant in the room because what I actually wanted to talk to you about is how people can use their time purposefully right now. Because it right. kind of feels like dating is canceled, socializing is potentially canceled. And I think a lot of people will be listening to the messages out there and think, well, I was just on my way off of my sofa to do something about this area of my life. Mm -hmm. But oh no, look, the universe is clearly telling me that I should just sit here, chill out, get a bit fat, complete that latest series on Netflix. So I guess I want to speak to you about particularly for the guys out there, with not being able to physically meet someone being a thing at the moment, what can guys do purposefully during this time to make themselves more attractive as a man? Okay, good question. Well, firstly, I think it's okay that everyone does a bit of Netflixing and chilling the one where you're alone. I think that is okay. It's, it's interesting to see how online coaching industries are pivoting and a lot of them doing it very, very fast and effectively, right? So you get guys that were business coaches suddenly shifting into, okay, now you must use this time to optimize 100% hustle from home, quickly start an online business, you know, get jacked, be optimized, ready for the next stage in life, which I think is a good sentiment. Like that's a, that's a, you know, that is good advice. It's also fairly unrealistic for somebody who is like, let's say of average motivation <laughs> uh, in general. And uh, you know, then to, cause I'm, I'm sure you've done this. I've done this at some points in your life where you're like, that's it. I'm going to go and become in your case, you know, I'm just going to do, do, do zook, zook four hours a day and I'm just going to become the badassest zookus that ever existed. And you know, like people throw themselves in like, okay, I will do all of this stuff. And because humans are lazy and most of us are not super disciplined unless we have a, 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 a structure enforcing discipline on us, we usually let that drop and slide and we end, end up back to being our base level lazy selves, whether that's in dating or finances or health or whatever. So what I think is the first thing I would be telling guys to do is to take a stop take of what you currently now are doing. Right, because everyone has habits. We're, we're, you're, you're all in habit patterns right now. You have a daily routine. It might have been, it was, it's different than it was three weeks ago, but you have one. And so for tomorrow, or when this video comes out, just on a little bit of paper or on your phone, make a note of how do you spend your time and don't try and change it. 
Right, so then you will get a real honest stock take of this is how you use Corona time. And it involves three hours wasted on, and you can just include Netflix, browsing YouTube, any of the rents, looking at screens, looking at us probably. As okay, I do three hours of that, I do, you know, I do a bit of this and I did a bit of exercise that day and so on. And you'll get a, an accurate representation of what you're doing. Now, then what I would do, what I would recommend is fast forward to day one of when lockdown opens up because it will. Sooner or later in your country or your city, it'll be a different time from other places, but there will be a time where the government, when the governments say, okay, everyone, you can come out now. And for the first week, people will be tentative and they'll be you know, keeping away from each other a bit, and then it'll be back to some kind of new normal, at least within that country, that's my prediction. So the, the borders between countries may still be locked, but within countries, they'll have to open up at some point. So my question to you guys, gents, is what are you gonna do on day one? And, and I think if you chart, what are you doing right now? Honest appraisal. And then realistically, if you don't change anything between now and then, what are you going to do on, on day one, right? Because for, for some men, it will be so obvious. It's like the moment the fucking doors open, I'm out there and I'm gonna run up and I'm gonna go, <clears throat> hi, you're the first woman and I wanna say hi. You know, there's gonna be plenty of guys who, who take this as a wake up call and go, I'm not wasting much of my time anymore. I'm in, in any area of my life. And I hope that is, that's what a lot of people take from this. Uh, and so they, they are mentally preparing and maybe they're researching the information they need, but they've really got a much more se clear sense of making a vow to themselves. Like there's no more, oh, I'm a bit scared of talking to, oh, maybe I should, oh, I should have put, it's like the net effect of what you did for the last X number of years is proven now. Now's what you got to see, here's, here's your dividend for your effort. And if it's zero, it's gonna stay that way. That's the important thing to think about. If you come out day one and continue what, doing what you did, you will get the same thing that you got, which you know what it is now, because there's no other distractions or busyness or, or maybe I'm gonna meet that girl that's half flaking. There's none of that to like distract yourself with. It's like, here's the result, you alone, fuck. What are you gonna do when the doors open? That's, the, that's, that's what I would be thinking as, a, as like a simple way to, uh, let's say signpost how you can use this time more effectively. Now, then that leads to the question, how do you fill the rest in? We can look at that, but that's my first thoughts. And I'm glad that you said that actually, because I think one of the things I've heard about this time or the sensation that people are having, it's almost like the universe has played a big game of like musical chairs or something with us and the music's just stopped. Right. And what you have is what you have, you know, whether that's financially or romantically. And so, so many people, men and women that I'm speaking to are saying like, oh my gosh, if I'd have known this was going to happen, I would have been more proactive right. or I would have actually sought to have some form of a relationship. So I have someone to like ride, a bit of a selfish motivation, someone to ride out this uh, period of time with. So I think sure. it is a big wake up call. I also think something else I'm really noticing is that people have, uh, as one of my female friends put it, skin hunger. Like people yeah. are starting to really miss that level of interaction and human contact. So I, I hear what you're saying about imagining people coming out of their hiding and it being a little bit tentative at the start and then getting back to normal. But I also think that we could be in for a period of time that's, have you ever seen like mayflies and what They're they like, do? Are they these are little fruit flies or something? They're these bugs, right? Like right. bear with me through this, this I'm, metaphor. I'm all, I'm all about like using the natural world as metaphors for dating, go for it. <laughs> right, so the, these mayflies, look it up on YouTube, everybody. They live underground for years as little larvae by themselves. And then they get 24 hours where they go out and they're allowed out. And then obviously they what may, they all meet one another 
and the men die, right. <laughs> you know, as is the common narrative. But I could see it kind of being like that, that we could also have some release of this pent up energy that nobody's expressing right now. Oh, like for, for a British lady, you, you really did come out and say that, Hayley. That's, you know, well, what I'm trying to say is that uh, when, when we're allowed out of, uh, perhaps I think people would mingle more than they should, would usually. Um, yes. In, in a crazy frenzy, which I mean, I'm, I'm obviously hoping that nobody dies as a result of that. And it's just a, that they just meet one another. Yes. But I think being able to capitalize on that and then also not using this time so you can accelerate the, when the doors open on the other side right. would be a very wise thing to do. Yes, you are very right. And I think your prediction is correct. And you are, you are accidental proof of this in the sense that you are about to have a baby uh, soon, right? Uh, very soon. Very soon. And I dubbed this generation the coronials. And yours was just like timing wise, I guess, but there will be, when the doors open, there will be a lot of people getting pregnant, possibly to people they shouldn't get pregnant to. That's, but that's, you know, cause there'll be a lot more hormones and, and less decision-making power. But yes, you were right that the people are going to get laid. People are going to go out and fuck and people are going to, they do have skin hunger, which sounds like a zombie thing. Um, even I have, I, I have I'm, I've got a cat and I don't really like cats, but now I've been like holding it. I'm like, <laughs> I'm alone. No, it's all right. I chose to be alone. So let's talk about that then in terms of prepping yourself like for, for coming out on the, on, the, on the other side. Now, there's, there's definitely all the online dating stuff, and, and I'm actually going to ask you about that in, my, in our interview in reverse because you're definitely uh, more skilled and more experienced than I am at that. So I, I don't think I will cover that so much. But I would be looking at also because seduction doesn't, and dating doesn't happen in a vacuum, right? It happens as a, mm. as, as a part of your life. And so right now, okay, you can't run up to girls on the street or in the bar and go and talk to them. You can't go on dates, all right? So you do have your excuse for that. But what I would also be looking at is doing an, a stock take as well on your daily life, but looking at your social life, right? So I would literally go and write down every person that you know and break them into categories. And, and this may seem a bit like, well, what, why am I putting my mother in a category that doesn't, that seems a bit dystopian. I'm like, yeah, welcome to the dystopian future. No, it's, um, <laughs> so it's like, so we put the like grandparents who will be turned into food sources in one category, the next breeding category. Now there'll be people that are your inner circle, your trusted bros, your family members, one category. There will be the people that you are hanging out with and doing and creating something with. And, and I always found this group to be a really dynamic group. It's maybe people you don't know that well, they might be reasonably new into your life, but there's a lot of energy surrounding that, that combination because you're collaborating on something, you're doing, you know, you're doing a project, putting on a party together, you're just someone who's into this scene that you're really into, whether it's, you know, medieval jousting or whatever. And so there can be a lot of energy that happens because the old school people, even though you may love them and you've, and you've known them for 20, 30 years or whatever, very likely you guys have a routine and maybe you're in, maybe you do lots of amazing stuff but maybe they're just the people that you see you know for old time's sake out of nostalgia and and you do what you always did maybe that's you know maybe it's playing a game of golf maybe it's getting totally wasted but what, whatever good or bad it is it is what it, it used to be whereas this new new dynamic that's where i would say most of the energy exists and there's another group which is essentially your facebook friends or your instagram followers or your peripheral people that if you saw them at a party, you would go and chat to them for 10 minutes, but you're not going to invite them over. You're not going to go on a trip with them. You're not going to collaborate with them on a business, right? Those people are white noise and we are, and we are, we are white noise to other people. 
right? And that's, that's something that's important to know is that those people don't count in the sense that, yeah, they count as your followers or and may, you know, maybe they have some broad drifting network effect uh, that you may find someone through that, but that you can't rely on those people and they can't rely on you. So what I would be looking at is do a stock take and, and split your people into those three broad categories, family and family and tight friends, your, the collaborators or the new, the, the, like the, the, your new friends, and then your Facebook friends who I would even, I would just be like, nah, they don't really, they don't count because there's nothing you can do for each other except like each other's posts, right? Yeah. So if that middle bracket, is that my fingers? If that middle one is really light on, that's a problem. And I think a lot of people will realize that, that, oh, actually I have a thousand people on my Facebook. Really? Do you know, how many do you know? Five really well and, not, and the rest are just like, white noise because the reason I bring that up is because the middle group and your, and your tight family and friends will be the ones that you can rely on and can build stuff with and that that dynamic second group is more likely to be the ones the guys that you go out and meet women with the people that you build a business with the people that you travel with the people that you go to a new city and get involved in a new scene with right and these are the things that create multipliers of effect the, the, the idea of you doing all of this by yourself is not smart, even if you can do it. I've used the assistance of and the multiplying effect of all of the people around me and they vice versa with me all throughout my 20s, 30s and now 40s so that our network effect is vastly greater than we would have individually. Right. And can you talk, because obviously I hear you and I completely agree that having a good social network is like standing on the shoulders of giants because whilst I think it's really useful and actually very affirming and good for confidence to know how to meet people at random wherever and in fact sometimes you can use those social skills of being able to approach somebody to add to that middle bracket and that network ultimately what's always going to be more impactful and more effective is people that you have that some form of shared social relationship or connection with so could you explain to the guys that are listening some of the reasons how that can have an amazing impact on the dating area of their life. And also I think something else I want to ask you about, which I remembered from an old conversation we have is I think that women will have a bigger middle category typically than men, Mm -hmm. because I think for women, how they approach dating and their whole dating strategy is different from men in that. I think they rely a lot on the where, like where do I meet guys? rather than how do I talk to guys? And because they're very much centered on the where, cultivating a really good social circle, being invited to the right places, having enough opportunity and logistics is actually way higher up their dating priority list and it is a key part of the way they go about meeting guys. So maybe you can explain a bit around how for the average guy out there, he might be, disadvantage is a strong word, but I'm going to say disadvantage compared to his female comparable because she's going to have more yep. going on in that category. And then the value to him in developed category versus just being reliant on approaching. Okay, cool. So yeah, I'd say on average, that's probably true in the sense that often men bunch together in small groups of five to, five to 10, but usually more, more around five. And they operate out of that group. And most men only do that once or twice or three times in their life. That group forms one or two or three times. And so, you know, it might be the high school buddies, it might be the uni buddies, or it might be the the guys that you work with at the office buddies or some variation. Okay, now that's, and and, you know, that's where I came from. Uh, That was fine for me when I was 19 to 25 because that group of buddies was my band, right? We played music, we weren't famous, don't get any ideas, but but we were the most famous guys in the room where there was some girls, 
right? Like that's, that's a really important thing. We were the most famous guys in a room where there were some girls. Now, if you're, if you're that, that part of your, your group is you're, there's no, there's no girls in the room, right? <laughs> whatever the room is, then it doesn't help you with your dating life. So you, therefore it's, it's actually a liability. Even if they're your best buddies and you, and they're your, you can share your hopes and dreams, your social circle is a sexual liability. Really important to note because you're spending time in it, right? So it's like, it doesn't matter if, yeah, sure, it can be really enriching in some other ways, although it might not be, it might be really bad for you in other ways as well, but it could be enriching. But what the reality is, is unless you just want to be a cold approach wolf, which is the guy that, you know, American psycho lives at home in his one bedroom apartment, goes out, does his mad game, brings a girl back to the lair, does something to her and then repeats that for the rest of his life, which I've met several guys, like one, two or three guys I can think of who that worked for them, right? Like in terms of they were loners, they had good game, uh, they made it work, right? Most of the guys and myself included got good as multiplying effects of men and women around them who were on the same path. And so what I would say is, you know, in terms of like examples, I have definitely hooked up with girls like many times because of my female friends, often as direct referrals, like literally like the girl has been told, yeah, if you want to get laid, go and bang James. And he was, he was a, he was a direct line. It was like a girl was asking a female friend about me and she said, yes, go home with him. He's a good fuck and he'll make sure you get home safe. And that was it. Right. And that, that was the two metrics that, that my, my good female friend was like, this is what girls need when they want this right now. And that meant that there was no, like, I never, I didn't never approach that girl. I didn't ask for a number. I didn't go on six dates. She was at a party that I was at with my friend. She was recommended and the job was done for me. And I can think of dozens and dozens of experiences in my life and all the guys that I hang out with where something like that happened, right? Where, where the, the network effect meant that the, you had to work way less. Yeah, but I think it's important that you bring that up because I think guys often, in terms of the balance of where they focus their skills and their training in the area of dating, I think sometimes they overestimate some areas like, you know, I've got to be the best flirt or I've got to be the most playful mm. guy or I've got to learn how to tease or I've got to have the most amazing conversation versus actually looking at dating in terms of a bigger picture effect, which actually, get this, her female friends, her immediate social circle, you know, the context in which she lives, her previous experiences yes. are going to have way more weighting, way more importance to her in terms of how she navigates any situation than that one thing that you say. And it's mm. not to say don't work on improving those skills in yourself, but also being by being able to acknowledge, well, you know, actually her female social relationships are super important to her. That's probably actually going to be by working on developing those relationships and dare I say, yeah, female friendships are actually a good thing for guys to develop. Mm -hmm. It's not a lame thing for guys to develop that can actually help men out way more. Of course. It's like, it's one of the questions I ask on my question, my client questionnaire with every client, you know, how many, what are your female friends? Like, do you have female friends and what's the situation? And over, over half will say they have none. Right. So, and, and, and many will be like, oh yeah, the friend of my best, you know, the girlfriend of my best friend. It's like, she's not really a friend. You hang out with her when you hang out with your friend because she's there and maybe you like her and you're kind of buddies, but that's not like a friend, right? So, and you know, it's weird when I have to convince people, I have to list people the benefits of having a female friend, like I'm selling them a TV. <laughs> you know, it's like, she can help you get laid. You will learn, you will get to feel at ease with women in a non-pressurized environment, you know, like all that kind of stuff. 
what I, you know, it's, it's, it's funny because it's so self-evident to me. It's like I have a bunch of female friends because I like being, I like having them as friends because they're good people. And I, and yeah, there's a whole lot of benefits that I've hung around pretty girls and all sorts of types of girls in situations where I'm not trying to pick them up and where they can talk to me honestly about their boyfriends and their issues with their love lives. And so I get to be a fly on the wall in one sense mm. uh, or on their side and get heaps of intel. Uh, so you can look at it like that. What was I going to say? Ask me another question. <laughs> <laughs> so for the guys out there who are listening to this and they're like, okay, I get the idea. Right now I should be doing like a stock check of my, right. my life, how I'm spending my time. Also stock check of my social life. If I find, and I think a lot of guys, when they do that stock take of their social life, are going to find that that middle category where you have the potential to exponentially grow in your social life, which has all these awesome benefits in terms of bringing new women into your life. They make makes dating easier. It, it develops a lot of trust with people very quickly. It helps to accelerate your growth. If the guys are coming up looking a little bit slim in that category, or perhaps that this period of time has been an inflection point where they've thought, man, I need to do something about this right now. Yep. What tools could you give them or how would they suggest that you, they would follow up with okay. your kind of methodology and starting to work on that? Yes, that's a good question because I don't want to just leave you with, do your stock take and then cry about it. What I would say is what we can use this time for is, is rebuilding networks. And I mean, we're doing this. I'm, like, I'm, I'm making an effort, because, especially because I have time, to get in touch with people like you, with Zan, with other like, coaches and people in various fields who I haven't had time because I've been so busy to sit down with. And you know, me and, me and Zan, we've been floating around each other for years and never had a conversation. Now we have and now we're going to meet each other. So what I would do is check in with people. And what you have to be aware of is how do, you, how do you approach people that you don't know so well, right? Like they're not your closest friends that you can just go, hey man, whatever. Be aware that nothing is free and that there are no, there is no, um, what's that word for love that's, that's the one where the mothers give it to their children and they don't ask anything in return? Unconditional, unconditional the, the Austrian said, unconditional. <laughs> Have you experienced unconditional Austrian love from your mother? No, nothing is unconditional except probably the love of a mother to her child, I don't know, but that one looks like that's pretty, pretty tight. The rest of it is always conditional. Condi and so don't expect that because you want something or you want attention or you want to hang out or you want to go to that cool thing that someone has, that they, mm. will, that they will do it for you just because, right? Like there's, our, our generations have very weird levels of entitle, entitlement in different areas. And, one of, and some of them is, is this entitlement of like, oh, if I want something, I'll just, I don't even actually even ask for it properly. I just expect that it's going to come. So I have a very simple framework that blows out into a very complex kind of mind map, which is the seductive economy. And, and I look at one of the ways of how do I create a bond with someone? Because if I go to a network, networking thing and go, oh, I want to network with, you know, Joe, Jimmy Joe over there because he's higher up in that. And I go over and hand him my card and go networked. It means nothing. Mm -hmm. the, the most important thing in networking is to be likable. That's the, the, the most important thing. People have to want to spend time around you. And everyone needs to be aware of that. I know that I do certain things that are very unlikable and I can be very grumpy and I can be like someone that is not fun to hang around with. And I can also be someone that is extra, extraordinarily fun and interesting and, 
and beneficial to be around with. And I'm aware of like when I want to go and make a network, like I'm contacting a whole bunch of business contacts or people that like very, very wealthy clients, one percenters, because I want to know what's going on. I'm like, all right, can you just give me, fill me in on what's happening on the Illuminati level of things right now? And they're like, oh, very bad for poor people. Very good for us, very bad for poor people. Anyway, so, <laughs> but it's like, whenever I make those contacts, I offer something, right? And, mm. And even if it is, you know what the, the thing that I most often offer is listening to somebody, asking them a good, clean question about themselves and listening to the answer, right? Like rather than just launching into, hey, can you help me? Or, or going, oh, so how are you doing? Fine, mm, cool. All right, now I want this thing. So do you have any spare chicks that you could pass over? You know, like that's what I'm looking at is how do I give value in a way that makes someone feel good about themselves? And those were, and, and the, if you're someone who doesn't have money and riches and, and access to VIP, some things you're like, I don't have anything to offer. Yes, you do. You have mm. your attention, you have your intelligence, you have whatever ever it is that you know that that person doesn't know but needs, right? And most importantly, you have curiosity and, and presence within that space with somebody, right? If I'm present, I'm there with the person and I'm curious about them and I'm not, and I don't obviously have some needy agenda like where I'm just like, oh, I'm really interested, but I really need that thing. If it's like, cool, I'm curious, I wanna know about you and I'm willing to listen and feed you back what I hear you say, that is so valuable. That's why people pay therapists and coaches and all sorts of other things to have people listen to them. So. That's, the, I mean, this, I could, you know, I could, I am actually launching an entire academy on this subject ever in the next three weeks, but it, it will all be based on this, on this core central idea, which, which is how I operate all the time. I'm always, I'm nepotistic in the sense that I know the best way to get what you want is to make sure the people around you are getting what they want, always. And knowing that they will only stick around you conditionally, right? And that goes as a boss, as a spouse, as a whatever, that... You know, you can't rest on your laurels too long. You can't expect people to just do shit for you for free for no reason just because you want it, right? You, you realize that right. relationships are always reciprocal. We're just trading on all sorts of different currencies, not necessarily money. I like that you brought that up because I have to say, like one of my little bugbears out there is when I get a message from someone who I don't know out of the blue being like, I'd really like your advice on either my dating life or my business. How about we meet for a coffee next week? You know, I like, you I'll buy your coffee and I'm Aren't thinking- you buying, are you? Oh, I'm like, nice. and I, in, internally, I feel like, wow, but it's like, you know what, I've, I'm about to have a baby. I've got a lot of business stuff going on. I've got a network to maintain anyway. And it's just like, I just wish, you know, maybe I just don't have that spare capacity to be able to do that on those terms. And it, and it almost makes me feel more closed off to that as a social opportunity. You're being very Whilst polite about that. Very polite <laughs> about that, Hayley. I, I'm a British woman. What can I, I, know. I, say? What can I say? I'm an Aussie man. Uh, so my, my response to that is... I had one. I had one like three days ago. A guy write, writes to me on Facebook and says, he's, "What he's, he says? Do you think having a monotone voice has a measurable effect in seduction?" And I just wrote, "Are you serious, dude? My business just tanked. The world has ended, and this is the time you decide to ask me a technical question on tonality." <laughs> like, like so, it's. But the thing is, like that kind of attitude. My lawyer's calling me. Wow, that's interesting. He hasn't called. For she, she hasn't called in two weeks. She just vanished, and now she's calling. Well, Teresa, you'll have to wait now. Actually, you'll no, have to wait. Not. But I, th I agree. So that, I think that attitude is unattractive and unlikely to get you to where you want to be. It's 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 oh. good. That's gonna that will fuck your life. That attitude. It will because yeah. any any okay. person 
that has something, knowledge, money, power, whatever, that they earned and, and is smart about it, doesn't just give, pour it down the drain to people who, didn't, who just uh, don't even ask for it properly, who just go, uh, like, it doesn't work like that. You have to offer right. something, even if it is offering like, hey man, look, I know you're a super, uh, you know, if when someone writes, hey, I, re I realize you're super busy and you may not have time for this, but if you, you know, this is a question I thought you might be interested in and they write a question, sometimes I'll answer that for sure. Cause I'm like, okay, they're being polite about it and, or I might not. And then sometimes that person will then hit me up once every month or so in a polite way. And eventually I'll be like, ah, fuck it, let's do this guy. Right, cause mm -hmm. it's like, that's a good way to be persistent with me. Polite, offer something, hey man, I'm just, yeah, I'm still here. What do you think about that? You know, that's a good way to approach a mentor or someone as opposed to just rocking up and going, feed me. Right, and I like the concept that you were talking about as well about the power and value of listening, because I think a lot of the time, not just talking about social stuff, but in dating, again, we overemphasize how do I become like this most alpha person or how do I lead or how do I talk at or how do I amuse or how do I entertain, when in fact, equally important as leadership is an ability to listen and respond and make somebody else feel heard and for them to invest in the interaction. And you can't do one thing without the other. So I know you mentioned your Lifestyle Academy. For the guys that are watching this, do you want to tell them about how they could get involved or learn more about that? Because I know from anyone I know, you are one of the people that has probably the most holistic approach to how to get better in this area of your life. I've also seen your crew <laughs> and the people you get to hang out with. One day when I am slightly more svelte, mm -hmm. I will be back and yes. uh, hanging out with you guys as well. So if people want to participate in that lifestyle where they know this one, the one or the 0.1 percent of people or they get to travel the world or they've right. got this massive social circle of cool men and women in their lives how could they go about learning that through you okay awesome well firstly you don't have to be svelte to be part of our crew uh, like <laughs> most of us are pretty svelte but that's just you know because we we eat well and we have you know lucky skinny jeans okay so in answer to that so what i've been doing over a number of years is working on essentially a online academy where I'm drawing in men from around the world to work on their lifestyles holistically. Now I've been doing that live in workshops and in private yeah. coaching for 12 years. And this has been, I'm using this time and pivoting my business and, and my lifestyle has pivoted like everyone's very quickly. But the thing is that, and I don't wanna be smug about this and, and, and there's a lot of just like, as you said, musical chairs where you are when the music stops. If you're a 21 year old guy and the music stopped and you're like, and, and I'm here going, well, you should have you know, built a, a mansion and had a cool social circle. Well, you know, you should have thought about that. That's not very fair because he hasn't had the time that I've had. But because I am a bit older and I have had plenty of time of only working on my lifestyle design since about 18 to now 40, that's all I worked on. Now because my, my core value has always been freedom. I earned money along the way, I got laid along the way, I did some cool weird hip hop albums along the way and lots of other stuff. But my, my core value was always, I want to live a life of as much freedom as is possible without breaking laws and destroying lives, right? So I have done that. And I have morphed and changed and adapted. I've moved from city to country to social scene. I've, I've hung out with, and not hung out with in the like, I was at a party once, but like got deep inside from BDSM scenes to, you know, hippie tripping psychedelic scenes, right up through to the 0.1% on yachts, you know, movers and shakers have Angelina Jolie in their phone and she will answer kind of people, right? So, and, and yet I'm still me, right? I have, I'm still just like a rock and roll dude who's just been being more or less at ease with myself, more or less myself 
and enjoying that more or less all of the time. And that's what I think the secret, you know, if we want to look at, look at success in lifestyle, it's not a certain number of money, it's not a certain number of sexes. Sure. It's not, it is, were you, allowed, were you able to be at ease with yourself and be yourself more or less most of the time whilst having a good time? And did you get to do the things you wanted to do in that time? Ask yourself those questions. If the answers are hard no's or eh, on a lot of those, it needs to change. So what I'm doing is using this crisis time and my working progress title, which will not be the, original, the title by the time this comes out, is James, Li James Marshall's Midlife Crisis Survival Academy or something like that. <laughs> because, and, and, and I, I said that to Alex and he's like, no. I'm like, but come on. He's like, absolutely not. I'm like, working title? He's like, don't mention it on screen. Just mention it on screen. Take that, Alex Leon. You can't keep me down. All right. So whatever it's called, which is much more marketingly schlicker, what this will be is an opportunity over these three, four, five, six, seven, eight weeks, which is, I would say, probably with eight weeks, depending where you are, we're all going to be let out in some form or another. And looking at that, what are you doing on day one? And what are you doing in the weeks leading up to and coming out? Because I, the reason I thought of it as a midlife crisis, think of it like that. It is the middle of your life. It's pre and post corona. Pre corona was living in ignorance and distraction and just, and just like, like ignoring the problem. It was blissful denial, right? Now you've had a wake up call, which is like, dude, life is happening and you miss that bit in some metrics. It's gonna open again, what are you gonna do? And many people, tragically, will just come out and go, oh yay, cool, I'm doing stuff, and then straight back into their exact same rat maze, and they will make zero changes. And then there will be some who go, no way, I'm going to make this the catalyst for my, my next life, which is the one after when I get out, to be fucking excellent. So, what you can do is you can join me on that journey. I will be on calls every week, I will be having a huge amount of interact interactivity with my guys. I will be giving online live lectures on things that I've, such as the seductive economy, looking at how do you take your three area, your three areas of people and maximize them so that you can create networks, so that you can have wing girls who help you get laid, so that you can get access to social scenes you wouldn't get access to, so that you can start thinking not just locally in terms of your town, but, but think nationally, internationally, and you know, if you choose to, once we're able to travel again, live the internationalist, uh, you know, roving, hedonistic slash personally explosive life that was possible just recently and probably will be again, don't miss it the second time. And I just want to say thanks again. I'm actually super stoked for coming back to Budapest at some time, yes. hanging out with you guys, <laughs> doing some coaching, speaking to people in real life. I'm all about it. Um, said this has been a funny time for me personally because I'd actually planned with my uh, imminent arrival of baby mm. to just be sat in a little cocoon anyway for three months. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, it's like everyone suddenly, the world suddenly got on my game plan. Yeah, me too. Um, I was just going to be gardening out and growing, you know, and looking after my goats and I'm still doing that. Yeah, but I, I know and I can put just personally say for anybody that watching this is I've hung out with James. I have been uh, seen some of the parties that have happened I have uh, watched a little bit from the outside. I may have drunk some champagne at some point in the past. And, <laughs> and also to emphasize the purpose of lifestyle design is super, super important. So thank you so much for chatting today, James. And hopefully I'll see you on the other side. Thank you, Haley. It's always a pleasure. Best of luck with the baby making and I can't wait to see it. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to the Natural, Natural Lifestyles, Lifestyles Podcast. Podcast. Check us out on YouTube at The, the Natural, Natural TV. TV. See you on the next episode.